Felix, along with Lori Roggenkamp, and our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Hello. Hey. Hello. Today, we are talking about the infamous Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, if you don't know who Ghislaine Maxwell is, you'll probably know who Jeffrey Epstein is. The guy who didn't kill himself. The guy who didn't kill himself, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. That that guy. (laughs) I was just saying, is it, sorry to already interrupt, but is it Ghislaine or is it Ghislaine? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Ghislaine. Ghislaine. I thought it was Ghislaine. <laughs> I mean, that's what all the kids are saying. You know what? We, we're we just going to go with Ghislaine. I don't think she deserves to have her name said. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but Ghislaine. Yeah. It might be Ghislaine because she's French. Or her mother was French. So Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Um, maybe we'll just call her Ghislaine. Like, yeah. Like Jizzy. Just say Jizzy. 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 Uh, we'll we're all jerk sheriffs who like pull her over. What is it? Ghislaine? She's like, <laughs> dude, really? So, uh, Ghislaine, we're going to guess. It doesn't matter. Ghislaine is accused of being Jeffrey Epstein's main accomplice in his sex trafficking ring. And for the sake of getting everybody on the same page, we'll cover a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, at the beginning of this and at the beginning of the next episode. Currently, Ghislaine is current is awaiting trial at the Brooklyn Metropolitan Detention Center. I bet I believe we'll be learning about Ghislaine for crimes for years to come. So maybe one day we'll be able to do a follow up comparing what we think we know now versus what we'll find out in years to come. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, side note, the Brooklyn Metropolitan Detention Center is right near my house in Brooklyn. Oh, really? isn't that fun? It's on Atlantic Avenue, yeah. Wow. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. I used to skate in front of it when I was a kid. <laughs> and oh, the inmates would like, look at you out the window like, ah, like, uh, You didn't land it. <laughs> <laughs> I may be in jail, but at least I know how to do a kickflip. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein, long story short... Jeffrey Epstein was arrested in July of 2019 after years as one of the heads of a child sex trafficking ring where him and Maxwell and undoubtedly others lured young girls to his properties and mansions and sexually abused them. Jeffrey Epstein had been at it for years and has been associated with everybody from Donald Trump, Woody Allen, Bill Clinton, and Prince Andrew. He died in his cell in 2020 before going to trial. And we all know he didn't kill himself. I I, f- I think he did. <laughs> I think he killed himself. <laughs> but I think he was pushed to it. But I don't think I don't think somebody did it for him. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. I go into QAnon territory on this one. Where I'm like, he's not even dead. He's not dead. <laughs> it's, it was somebody else. It was somebody else. He's living on a houseboat. Yeah. <laughs> I would love one. that. I would love that. Uh, it's not a yeah. good thing. That just means the trafficking ring is still going. Yeah. No, it'd I hard to hide, It'd be hard to f- hide those chompers, though. Not but, a good tooth. Oh, he was a For very sure. unattractive person. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like gra- yes. He looked like gravity was like pulling him and pushing him at the same time. <laughs> 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 so when. 
the whole story about Epstein came to light. His wealth was kind of vague to everybody, but as information comes out, the public has started putting together pieces of the puzzle. So here's a short summary of what Epstein was up to prior to meeting Ghislaine. He was born in January 1953, grew up in Brooklyn, New York. His mother was a homemaker and his father worked for the Parks Department. He had only one other sibling, Mark, has also dealt with real estate. That was uh, his brother's. Oh. Yeah. First, Epstein attended and dropped out of New York University's Math and Science School in 1974. He then got a job at the Dalton School in New York's Upper East Side. It's a private school and one of the oldest ones that was looking at the time was looking into all so, all sorts of radical new ways to teach their high-priced pupils and apparently Epstein made the radical cut. He started teaching there but was asked in 1976 to leave based on his creepy behavior with students. Going so far as to go to kids' parties to hang out with them outside of school. And 1976, I mean, was a creepy time. That was like, that was like where it was like, it was like totally fine if like a senior was dating like a teacher. So the fact that like, (laughs) people were like, we're, hey, this is, this may be 1976, but you're a creeper is like, there's a level of creep that Jeffrey Epstein was. That was even weird for 1976. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He stood, like, yeah, he stood out even back then as a fucking creep. The official word from the school is that he was asked to leave because his teaching skills were not improving. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Even in the, even when the, when the, um, the head of the maths department is quoted like remembering why he had to ask him to leave. He's quoted as saying like the staff came up to me and said, what are you going to do about Epstein? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His his teaching is improving because he keeps just trying to fuck the kids. That's it. Yeah. So it's like, Hey man, (laughs) you got to teach him, you know? Yeah, he really was. He even planned that like before he got fired in the next year, he was going to start a math team that, quote, combined integrating physical exercise with spiritual and mathematical stimulation. Oh, gross. He's like, I have an equation up on the board. If anybody can come up here and solve it, I'd like you to do so and sit on my lap (laughs) and or face while you do so. Uh, Here's the chalk. I'm looking at you, ladies. Mr. Epstein? Uh, yeah. I, I'm reading it and it's just 80085, which spells boobs when I enter it in on the calculator. So I don't know what the math equation we're trying to do. Brad, I was talking to the ladies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Brad. So after he left, AKA was fired, he bounced right back as one of the parents of, his, of the children that went there had noticed him. And probably, and I take this honestly to mean that he noticed him in the sense that he was like, oh, like, like a fellow pedo. Yeah. Because all the guy did was recommend him to Al Greenberg, who was the head of the financial institution called Bear Stearns. And then 
Epstein got a job at Bear Stearns. Four years after he started there, he was made limited partner. So he was already just raking in the cash. In 81, so right after he made partner, because he made partner in 1980, and then in 81, he was asked to leave the company for committing what was called a Regulation D violation, which basically for... I. For like brokers and all those like financial people means that he made the company a bunch of money, but he did it illegally. So to save face, he had to leave the company, but he remained a client of Bear Stearns until Bear Stearns was dissolved in 2008. So he was just like, it, it was like he was already making tons of cash. From there, he opened up his own firm which acted as a bounty hunting company for missing funds for high-valued clients. So, for example, if funds were being embezzled from, like, your company, you could hire a company like Epstein's to track it down to who, what other company. It's, it's, it's like a Wild West that is the financial sector where everybody's just fucking everybody over. And so Epstein's just one of the middle people who like finds who fucked you over and then fucks them over and then probably fucks you over without you knowing it. He's pretty much De Niro in Goodfellas where he's like trying to get the money from Maury. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little of that money never sleeps. He's like, greed is good. Where's my money? I want it today. Yeah. Today. Today. <laughs> today. <laughs> so then after that, or during this time, I should say, is when he started working with our government and many foreign countries, including defense contractors who were involved in the Iran-Contra affair. Mm. He also had a fake passport that was later found during his home raid when he was arrested in 2019. The passport said that he was from Saudi Arabia <laughs> and gave him a different name. During questioning, <laughs> he said that he had been advised by his associates during that time to get a fake passport because of his targeted Jewish heritage. Oh, that's, yeah, that was the reason. Yeah, that was the reason. What was his name? Who was it? It like, doesn't say. I'm sure it was Khaled Abdul Malik or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something fake as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, after that, he helped find Towers Financial Corporation, which turned out to be a huge Ponzi scheme. What? But, Epstein left before the company was revealed to be what it was. So he, once again, made out with a ton of money. After that, he started his own firm again, this time saying that he was like basically a manager for billionaires only. And through that, he started working for Leslie Wexner, the founder and chairman of Elbrant's. And they own The Limited, Victoria's Secret, Bed Bath & Beyond, all those places. I think they might own, like, Lane Bryant or something, too. Ugh. And this is, yeah, and so this is the 80s when these companies are blowing up. This guy is worth a lot of money. Oh, okay. I just remember when I was a kid, I had a lemonade stand. I said that lemonade was $50. My mom was like, why would you do that? And I was like, I only got to get one. And then I'm done for the what? day. Yeah. So that's a Jeffrey Epstein's like, I just want billionaires as my part as my my partners. And then he's just like, I just gotta get one and then I'm and done for the day. You and Epstein have the same business mentality. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't meet back then. Oh. Yeah. 
We crossed paths so many times. We were in the same was... maternity ward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. He was there a lot. He would be there a lot. Yeah. yeah. Fresh stock. Sorry. By 1991, Ugh. Wexner granted Epstein full power of attorney. So he had access to everything Jesus. that Wexner had. Epstein also started acquiring properties during this time, notably his $77 million New York City townhouse, which was a gift from Wexner. And that is like, it's listed as the most expensive address in Manhattan still. Damn. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's enough for Epstein for now. We'll come back to him. So now about Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine, full name, is Ghislaine Noel Marion Maxwell. She was born on December 25th, 1961. So she's a Christmas baby. Her birthday. Not uh, for her. I don't think it was for her. I think it was fortuitous <laughs> for most of her life. Oh, really? <laughs> I was going to say it, it just, it bodes well because she just seems like she has a very much like, I didn't get enough presents, you know, sort of attitude. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that she seemed like she had a really giving personality. Oh, <laughs> She was born in France. She was the ninth and youngest child of Elizabeth and Robert Maxwell. She was the ninth and youngest child of Elizabeth and Robert Maxwell. Elizabeth was a, was a French scholar, while Robert Maxwell was a media proprietor. He had built up a publishing house called Pergamon Press, bought the British Printing Corporation, the Mirror Group newspapers, and Macmillan Publishers, along among others. And he got his start after escaping the Nazi occupation during World War II. Uh, so he had a busy life. Mm. Over his lifetime, he would be known as a soldier, a publishing magnate, a film producer, uh, a member of parliament, and a spy. He cut shady deals all over the world from Moscow to Israel, the States, and Germany. So he's doing that his whole life. But in the meantime, Ghislaine was born two days after a car accident that left one of her older brothers, Michael, in a coma until his death in 1967. Her mom would later say that she felt the accident had affected everyone in the family, and thought Ghislaine had, because she was neglected for, like, I guess, attention-wise for these first few years, because everybody was in, in mourning, um, that she says that she thinks Ghislaine showed signs of anorexia since being a toddler. Which, okay, may, like, a toddler is capable of, like, not, like, of, like, not eating out of stress. But, I mean, she also seems to have, like, one of those moms. So, I don't know. Yeah, delusions of grandeur. I gotta be honest with you. If When a parent says that, I go, okay, so you showed signs of warning your child to be anorexic <laughs> at an early age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because kids don't show signs. Like, that's a, that's a dumb... That's like saying that, oh, he showed signs of being sexually active at a young age. It's like, that's a that's not a thing that kids uh, learn, you know? Yeah. Ugh, it's, that's so gross. Also, I hate to say this, I don't know, maybe this is a bad thing, but just knowing who she is, I'm just sort of like, good, I'm glad she had a hard time. <laughs> like, she's yeah, an awful I mean, she, person. 
Yeah. And anyway, anorexia is honestly in her circles, not to be crude, it's more of a badge of honor than it is a disease. You know, even in the articles that are written ab about her before she died, it's always like the skinny Giselaine or the skinny socialite or like the waif like blah, blah, blah. And it's, Ugh. yeah. So. What a waif. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also, her mom also wrote that at the age of three, Giselaine looked at her mom and said, Mommy, I exist. Which broke her mother's heart and thereafter prompted both the parents to dote over their youngest child. My brother, my aunt and I, when we, my brother and I were like two or three or four, we're driving, we were driving with my aunt to a, a fair. And uh -huh. it was like a fiesta. They called it the fiesta in the Orange County. There's this thing called a fiesta. And my brother, my this is the way my aunt tells the story. My aunt, oh, the fiesta. They talk about that in Alpha Dog. They're like, you going to fiesta? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, my aunt's taking us, and my brother, just randomly, we're listening to music, out. just goes, Aunt Kathy, does the fetus have rights? And my aunt was like, oh, my God, this little boy is only like three or four. How could he know? So she was, she didn't have a cell phone at the time. So she just starts crying. She's like, sweetie, like, how did you learn? Like, oh, my God, sweetie, that's how did you know that? Like, where, where did you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we could talk about it. And my brother just immediately goes, just starts crying because he doesn't know why my aunt's crying. He just goes, I just wanted to know if the fiesta had rides. <laughs> that's like this group this facebook group that everybody should join if you haven't and it's, it's called something along the lines of like things that didn't happen so hard it made other things unhappen <laughs> when people just, <laughs> when people just post like ludicrous things like one one uh repost was like of a lady holding a piece of paper from school that had um that she captioned as like, they're making our kids earn air. And it was a, a punch card sort of thing where it's like, I've earned my time to take or to take a mask break. And she was outraged. At oh, <laughs> oh, my God. But OK, OK, we'll get back to it. That's that, really funny. I'm, I'm going to check out that Facebook group. That sounds hilarious. I will send it to you. <laughs> um, OK, so the family, the Maxwell family lived in Oxford, in Headington Hill Hall, which is a 53-room mansion, where the offices of the Pergamot Press were also located, and so for which Robert had found a way to pay only $2,000 per year to the company, to his company, to rent, quote-unquote, rent the mansion from himself. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. That is, yeah. That's insane. Two th 2K a year for a 53-room mansion. I mean, you know, nice work if you can get it. Yeah, well, you know, 1% get it. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> so Ghislaine attended the private school Marlboro College boarding school and then went on to Balliol College, which are both in Oxford. Uh, her father was basically Brian Cox from Succession. Oh, and he, I have never the, seen that. It's even in the okay, yeah. It's he's just like a dick of a father who's also a rich guy. So 
they are definitely one of the references. It's even like on the info pages of like what the family from Succession, who they're based off of, and the Maxwells are one of them. The Maxwells and the and the Murdochs and oh, the Spellings. That's so it's funny. amazing. Yeah. Incidentally, Laurie, watch Succession. It's great. It's, it's really so good. good. All you're gonna think about, honey, is Succession. <laughs> when I'm saying, oh, when I'm explaining awesome. the rest of this. Oh, now uh, I wish I had watched it. I've watched a couple of episodes. That's the one with the uh, Kieran McCulkin, right? Or yes, yeah. His ex-wife Elizabeth would write about his abuse to her towards her and their children in her book, and he was notorious for his outbursts towards the family. Family, notably at their mandatory Sunday lunches at their mansion. So, like, it was compulsory that every, all nine of the kids, well, eight, I should say, all eight of the kids had to be there every Sunday at this lunch at the mansion, no matter where they were. She wrote that, quote, Bob would shout and threaten and rant at the children until they were reduced to a pulp. She said that Maxwell hated to lose, and he used psychological pressure of intimidation or quote-unquote love over everyone, especially his family. Oh, so he was like a cult leader. He would like love bomb them and then yeah. tell them they're worthless. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So since he was a member of parliament from 1964 through 1970, among all his other achievements... He wanted his children to continue his legacy, which isn't impossible because he was put them in completely different circumstances, right? But nevertheless, uh, he was never satisfied with anything they did. That, so that's always seems so stupid to me. Like you get your you, nepotism, but nepotism where you're like, "Oh, my kid's a fuck up, and I got to put him in this position of power," but I still want to tell him he's a piece of shit. They can't do anything right. It's like, all right, I mean, seems weird, but... <laughs> yeah, it seems like something's askew, but I guess you're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so the following is from an article from The Times where Elizabeth was interviewed, and I think it takes some of the excerpts from her book. This is what she said. At mealtimes in Oxford, Maxwell questioned his children about world affairs. In the event of a mistake, the meal was interrupted while Maxwell physically beat the child in front of the others. If a comment in a school report was not perfect, Maxwell caned the child. If the meal was a brief one, he would make one child the scapegoat of his anger. Remember the three C's, he would growl. Concentration, consideration, and conciseness. Only excellence would satisfy him. He never spotted the irony that he crudely ignored the three C's every day of his life. <laughs> Perhaps he was too hard on them, Elizabeth explained. But I don't know how she ever excused him. But she says, but he was teaching them to take life seriously. Only Ghislaine escaped the worst of his wrath. But she didn't escape all of it. She was still subject to his verbal tirades, which we'll see examples of later. This guy was, an, was a terrible father. Reminds me of my grandfather. <laughs> While Ghislaine attended college, uh, she was not allowed by her father to be seen with boyfriends in public. 
and uh, her father would normally interview any boyfriends that she had too because he believed that all of her boyfriends were just gold diggers after his money. So besides that though, of course, during her upbringing, Ghislaine was part of the most prominent of social circles. Her dad knew everybody from British royalty to Mick Jagger. She was and is a very prominent socialite. And back then, she was noted for starting a women's club called the Kitten Club. <laughs> no. Sorry. The Kitten Club, semicolon, friends who imagined a nation. How nobody saw that she was going to end up working for a pedophile, I, I don't understand. I think anytime, <laughs> anytime somebody names anything the Kitten Club, you should arrest them immediately. Just without, I don't yeah. care how old they are. If they're five and they call something in the Kitten Club, put handcuffs <laughs> on them. <laughs> it's a dangerous route down to cat, la- cat lady status. Yeah. Oh, Kitten Club, that's tremendous. That's great. <laughs> it was actually named after the Kit Kat Club, <gasps> which was another social club that consisted, uh, I think it was around the 19th century, and that one consisted of literary and political associations, which is sounds to me like it's just a rich club that you made up it's like when you're in elementary school and you make up these fake clubs with your friends who are already your friends mm-hmm. yeah and it's Except- just so you can tell one person they can't be in the club yeah uh, don't say that about the Kit Kat club we also love chocolate snacks that's it i was just gonna say that cash i was like the only way i'd be a part of the Kit Kat club is if you promised me we would have Kit Kats. that's it <laughs> If they were like, we're gonna we're gonna discuss po- politics and social interaction, I'd be like, are there gonna be Kit Kats? Because if not, I'm out. I can't do yeah. it. We, I, there's no reason for me to be here. Yeah. We kicked Cyrus out of the club because he dared to bring by an almond joy. <gasps> no, 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 no. Monstrous. Devil. I bet you that Ghislaine's club, all they did was wear like stupid cat ears. <laughs> for their meetings like yeah. like but they got them specially made like they hired a bunch of like tailors from like a third world country to like make them for like 10 cents and then yeah. they like and then they bought them and then they sold them to other people for like seventy five hundred dollars mm-hmm. yeah it was actual lion skin yes used on, <laughs> the, on the ears there i mean honestly maria if we were terrible people that would be a genius <laughs> That'd be a really good <laughs> business thing. We, I mean, if you know, if we were terrible people, that would be a if, great idea. If we were, yeah, if we were, you're really showing a knack for business. You we should, really are. You should reconsider your career. <laughs> you know what? I got some irons in the fire. I- <laughs> <laughs> so besides the kitten club, she was also the director of the Oxford Football Club. During the time that her dad owned it. And she worked for the European, which was a publication that her dad's company owned. Uh, So she was really busy for her dad. In 86, her dad invited her and only her to a mysterious trip in Holland, at which he revealed his new yacht, christened the Lady Ghislaine. Okay, now I I apologize if 
if this is something you're going to get to, but it seems to me like the father and they were having a little bit of a jizz lane time. <laughs> if I get my I mean, I haven't found anything about that in particular. Okay. All right. He was her favorite. He was, or she, she was his favorite is what I mean to say. Mm-hmm. His absolute favorite. He hated all the other kids. He loved her. So beyond that, we don't know. Besides maybe because she was the youngest, you know, and she just seems to be the one that ended up most like him. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, so he has this new yacht. He's, <laughs> which he really just uses as an excuse to get away from his wife and his family because he spends most of his time on his yacht now. He mostly only invites Ghislaine to be there. And around this time when this all happens, she's 27. And uh, by 30, Robert expected her to be a millionaires in her own right. But he told an acquaintance that unlike any of his other children, if she didn't succeed, he would be right there to pick her up and tell her to try again. Her dad even formed a company for her based off her idea in New York, where she wanted a company that gifted was basically they were in charge of coming up with and executing presents from one corporation to another. I thought you were going to literally say something about executing. They were in charge of executing small kittens. <laughs> the kitten club. The kitten club. <laughs> That's what it turned into. I I knew somebody who did that, who worked at a place where they gave gifts. And that's like, because there's like a whole level of passive aggressiveness that I didn't realize came with gift giving. Oh, yeah. You have to keep in mind. It's like you buy something for another company, but it has to be like a second rate item that is like the thing that is in in right now, but the second rate version of it. So you can kind of subtly tell them we think you're pieces of shit. Jesus Christ. Send them 12 boxes of Snuggies. <laughs> yeah, but like Snoggies. Like it would be yeah, like the second, be the second right Snuggie. Yeah. It'd be large sweater from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> well, her company failed like drastically, dramatically. Yeah. Because she's she, not a compassionate person. So, well, she... well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it also just sounds like it's going to be a bad idea. In the first place, because what? How many re- how many gifts can a corporation really give another? And like you said, it's all just backstabbing anyway. You're not going to be able to write off all the stuff that she's trying to do with the company. But anyway, it failed. So while he made her this company, he really didn't extend the same kind of favors towards his other children. Her brother Philip was employed by Pergamon Press, but then fired. And his father refused to attend his wedding. They hated each other up until Robert's death. And the eldest daughter tried to become an actress and failed. Her father was furious for her for that and for failing to acquire a husband that was up to his expectations. He was once quoted as telling his employers, What have Anne and John and Pope John Paul II? God in common. Both are ugly and both are failed actors. <laughs> oh, 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 very good joke, good sir. Very yeah. good, sir. Good, show, good show, sir. Get out! He yes, should... sir. Oh, then man. there is also fraternal twins, 
Christine and Isabel, who supposedly fled from working under their father and moved to California. But then they eventually began working together at an internet data firm company that they both founded. And I beg the question, where did the money to find the company come from? Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, they have a really typical yuppie life of like making businesses that eventually fail. And the same goes for just dating guys that or marrying guys that are rich. And those relationships also normally fail. That's that's their life. That's they're just out there being messy. Ian and Kevin managed the Maxwell Empire in later years. Uh, and this quote, I couldn't have put it better myself, so I'm taking this quote from the one of the Times articles. It says, both worked under his spell and threats. Maxwell humiliated Ian by firing him for meeting a girlfriend rather than himself and belittled Kevin by asking him about a newspaper advertising issue that he couldn't answer. And so then he yelled at him to shut up in front of all the professional advisors and told him that he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's succession. It's succession. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happens at some points of succession. I wish I could do a good Brian Cox impression. <laughs> yeah. Get, get the hell out of my... No, I can't do it. <laughs> get out of my office. <laughs> You know what I think you could do is I think you could do a Brian Cox impression when he when he plays a person who's Southern because he has a very weird Southern accent. Get out of my office. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's a little Scottish in there. That's yeah. The thing. When it comes to Ghislaine, she was just as much of an asshole as her dad. What? <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. That's why they got along so well. Uh, employees at the Mirror, the newspaper, hated having her around. She would come around all the time, obviously. Um, and the main word that everybody used to describe her was arrogant. <laughs> she, uh, One employee gave the example that she would ask for a cigarette and leave with the entire pack. She's so fucking rude. And she oh. was not aware that it's rude. She's just not. Aware that wow, what a bitch. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so annoying. But just like her father, she was extremely charming when she needed to be. Acquaintances and friends from her social circles described her as basically necessary to have around for events. Because she was educated, a world traveler, a helicopter pilot, and a master in the art of conversation and language. That sucks that she's a fucking helicopter pilot. Yeah. Like, the world goes to shit that's like, she's like got value. She's got value. Ugh. Yeah. But that's the thing. When you have all the resources to learn whatever the hell you want to learn, you can. Yeah. Talent is does not discriminate. Opportunity does. Yeah. Most of these wealthy people are also like incredible hunters, like which is like, shit, that's problematic. That's well, why I'm not a good hunter. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, incredible is relative. They're good at shooting something that's not moving and that, that's been placed there for them to shoot at, I feel like. I think that's the 10% of the 1%. Oh, And okay. then there's like, there's, <laughs> they, I'm, or I mean, I say, I think there's the 10% of the 1% who hunt man. Right. So. Oh, I, fir I firmly believe that. I believe that there's been an incident where people have, where rich people have hunted another person. 
I think that's like a daily thing. Yeah, it's called the <laughs> NYPD. So. Hey. hey. Oh. I'm good at hunting and killing ants. Ants? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. But if a rich person heard that, they would be like, humans are the same thing, man. The same. <laughs> they are ants. You are so small. <laughs> okay, so oh, then, so that this is her life. That's her life. She's a socialite. She gets everything she wants. She's an arrogant bitch. Her dad's the, one of the worst people in the world. Uh, and that's how she lives her life. And then, in 1990, Maxwell, or I should say, Ghislaine, flew to New York alone. She's been there a ton, but this is, this is, this is the day that, dot, dot, dot. She flew there alone with an envelope that, unbeknownst to her, held nine share certificates showing the ownership of a company called Berlitz, which was a Japanese-owned international language school. And the the share certificates hold, show, uh, the share certificates showed the oh god this is so like this financial shit is so complicated and yet not <laughs> it showed the shareholders it showed Berlitz as the shareholders of Maxwell's public company of Robert Maxwell's public company so what this means is that she was a messenger for a plot initiated by her father to steal $200 million from the shareholders of the company. Wow. The plot worked because hours after Ghislaine had delivered the envelope to her father's lawyer, Kevin and Ian Maxwell, the, her brothers, who were in charge of the company over in New York, authorized the re-registration of the shares to a private company owned by the Maxwell family. So they took the public shares and just funneled them into their own private company. Isn't that illegal? It's very illegal. It's, it's, it's theft. He is stealing directly from the shareholders. She then went shopping in Manhattan, flew back to London that same night, and handed her father another envelope, the contents of which would eventually be part of a $2 billion theft Jesus. from shareholders Robert had fully orchestrated for his company. So a lot of the articles that talk about this say that Ghislaine did this without knowing. She just took the cut. She just took the envelope and did it. You know, she just was told to take the envelope and do it. I, at first I was doubtful that was true, but then I thought about it. And it just seems like something their father would definitely do, where he would be like, I don't care if my sons and my daughter get fucked over. Oh, for they'll, sure. They'll be fine anyway, because they'll have all this stolen money that I'm going to funnel into other stuff before anybody catches it. Like, it, he would have been totally fine. He totally would have been fine with that. But she's also most like him. She's also most like him. So, I mean, I'm sure if he was to tell anybody, he would tell her. Yeah. And she's like, go. I'm going to go shopping, too. Yeah. That's like a given. He's like, get me some Jamba Juice. <laughs> no! I don't know why I made him sound like Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a set of, I have a particular set of skills that, ju- <laughs> that just involve stealing money from my shareholders. That's it. That's all my skills. <laughs> now you know everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> so by now... 
Maxwell and his wife Elizabeth have been in a strange relationship for like 15 years. There's no surprise there. In March of 1981, he, it said that he attended her 70th birthday party in Oxford. And he didn't talk to anyone. And he left after an hour. Which is when they consider it to be like the official start of their estrangement. Wait, he there was a 70th birthday party for him? and he- No, for his wife, Elizabeth. Oh, Since oh, they were oh. still technically together. They weren't divorced. Oh, he attended okay. the party. Yeah, he attended the party, but didn't talk to his kids, didn't talk to her, and just like left in the huff after an hour, which mm. is another very Brian Cox thing from Succession to do. <laughs> <laughs> he was also having an affair with a Russian lady named Kira Vladina, who says that during one of, Moscow, one of his visits to Moscow, he told her that, quote, his children were very good at spending his money and that his favorites were Ghislaine and his son, Ian. He, he said to her that the rest were, quote, a cold lot like their mother and they want to live off what others earn. I think the funniest part is that he, Ian is just finding out that he's his, one of his dad's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> he's not finding it out. He's only telling this to his Russian mistress. Oh, Okay. He's not telling anyone else. She's just the one saying this to a reporter. He's oh, never okay. going to tell Ian that he's the favorite. Never tell him. But <laughs> Never tell him that I love him. But it's just funny that eventually one day he's going to read that and go, wait, what? What? I'm the what? I'm sure if he was the favorite at any given time, he was. it was very clearly like told to him. He seemed like it's definitely the type of dad that would just be like, you're my favorite right now. Yeah, in front of, like, everybody else. Yeah. He said the quote, the rest were, quote, Cold lot, like their mother, and they want to live off what others earn. Not bad. You did a lot for nothing. But still. (laughs) I like it. That same year, in 1981, the uh, the father and daughter, so Robert and Ghislaine, flew together to New York. Since Robert was now fully estranged from his wife Elizabeth, he also flew with uh with Kira in in the plane, which I'm sure was nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this time, <laughs> this time he changed his tune. I think he got into a fight with Ian. Uh, he told Kira that Ghislaine and her brother Kevin would inherit everything, and because he, he said that he told Kira that he thought that Kevin was the most like himself. And then Ghislaine was was a friend. And they were the only ones who deserved to inherit anything of his. Good for Kevin. After they left him home alone so many times. Good for him. <laughs> I'm just saying it all comes full circle. Kevin, played by Macaulay Culkin. Uh-huh. Who's brothers with Kieran Col- M- Culkin. Kieran Culkin, who, who is, is in succession. It's all everything revolves around succession, guys. I think we're figuring everything does. That out. Yes. So after they flew to New York, I guess he had some business, but then he flew right out the next day because on that same trip, Ghislaine represented her dad at a dinner honoring Nazi hunter Simon Weisenthal. Huh. Yeah. She was to follow up with her father with a report of the dinner, which is already like, oh my God, what is this life? 
And when she did, she was chastised for its contents by her father. Bauer, which is one of the reporters for the Times that like actually knew or knows Ghislaine, obtained her written response, which read, after like her dad yelled at her apparently for her initial report, she wrote back and said, I am very sorry that my description of the dinner was inadequate and made you angry. I should have expressed that I was merely presenting you with a preliminary report and that a full written report was to follow. She then gave a long description of how every guest had praised her father. Then, on November 5th of 1981, after a lifetime of controversy, Robert Maxwell's lifeless body was discovered floating off the coast of Tenerife in the Canary Islands, his yacht very nearby. Upon notification, Ghislaine and her mother arrived at the island and collected his body. According to the Times reporter Tom Bauer, on the private family jet back to London, all pretense of mourning was abandoned after the funeral. According to the pilot, they celebrated with champagne, chocolates, and laughter, and basically were just super happy about the death of a tyrant and anticipated inheriting the fortune deposited by Maxwell. Well, that's a fun day. That's a fun <laughs> <laughs> You're on a plane, it's like, hey, this dude's gone. <laughs> Not only that, guys, we're going to get some money. Chocolate? Yeah. It reminds me of that Arrested Development where Jessica Walters, RIP, is, uh, sh- they think in the first season that um, Jeffrey Ta- uh, Tambor has died because that doctor mm-hmm. is terrible and he's like, he left us. <laughs> Means he escaped. <laughs> um, and she's like, she's has so many, she's like, oh, what am I going to do? Where's the will? How am I going to live? Where's the will? <laughs> <laughs> so shortly thereafter, a huge scandal began because it was discovered that Maxwell and his two sons had transferred shares worth over 400 million pounds to, from the pension fund for the Mirror Group newspapers to Robert Maxwell's personal account. Oh. The money, yeah, the money was used to pay the public company's debts. So instead of using that money to pay the pension funds for 30,000 employees, they just covered the company's debt with it. Kevin and Ian were then prosecuted for theft. Kevin! (laughs) In their defense, they said that bankers, lawyers, and fellow directors of the company had approved their lawful activities. Assholes. When when their mother testified for them, she said that it was all Robert's fault. And therefore, both both of the men, Kevin and Ian, were acquitted. Robert's mysterious death, because again, he just was found floating off a boat, um, would result in a shell of a trial. Oh, so they Nothing don't know. Else. They don't know what do they do? They think he was murdered, or they don't know what happened. Oh, they know, but we'll never know. You know what I mean? They're like the body is too waterlogged. Can't really figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy was a spy. The guy was a known spy. Yeah. Yeah. So he. It's it, it no like spy gets to die like a normal death. I feel like whether yeah. you're an ex spy or not. Yeah, they're always found. Yeah, they're always yeah. found. Floating. Eventually, 
Eventually, it's always your. Eventually, your ticket's gonna get punched. If you know what I mean. Looks yeah. like someone took a wrong step. It just seems like a. No, I know, no, there, no. Oh. There's, there's no guitar there. It, was, it, just, guitar. it just seemed like a spyish thing. I step? thought that was. I thought that was the. Because he probably. You were doing a pun. What's no, the pun? No, he probably slipped on the deck or stepped off step, the boat. Fell He's, off the boat. Yeah, fell off the. That's what I thought it was. Clearly. Oh my god, Cut. do I not know what puns are anymore? <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> no, we're keeping it in. <laughs> I need people to see the deterioration <laughs> of my of my sense of humor. <laughs> Mine too. So there was the the shell trial and all his companies were fraught with fraud and stolen wealth. And even though the company would file for bankruptcy in 1992, we all know that this still means that they just hid a bunch of their money. So they're fine. Like, there's reports that Kevin tried unsuccessfully to start his own businesses, and he kept getting into more and more more debt. But uh, considering that these people have not moved below the echelon of society where they were before, they're clearly fine. Following the death of her father... Friends of, supposed friends of Ghislaine said she was utterly broken, which I highly doubt. <laughs> then she bought a mansion in Manhattan and moved to New York with no shortage of connections held inside one of the most powerful little black books in the history of the modern world. The following year, in 1992, at a party in Manhattan, Ghislaine met the financially successful Jeffrey Epstein. And the two began a relationship that would put anything her father ever did to shame. That's the end of part one of Ghislaine Maxwell. Pretty good. Yeah. Here we go. We'll We'll be back for part two. And and when their eyes met, you know, (laughs) Ghislaine was like, at last, my love. But like said it, saying it that way, where yeah. everybody yeah. was like, "Galen, you're singing out loud." <laughs> <laughs> My love is underage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, likes underage girls. So I'll find some for him. So next time we'll get into the relationship, and we'll get into the 2016 lawsuit against her from Virginia. Roberts, and we'll get into her latest indictment. Ooh. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Today's show is brought to you by Kit Kats. Kit Kats. Want to join the Kit Kat Club? Well, then fucking buy a Kit Kat.